Pathfinders and Settlers. And the subtitle would probably be something like The Appetite for Spiritual Progress. Paul says in Philippians, I press on to lay hold of and make my own that for which Jesus Christ has laid hold of me and made me his own. This morning, we are all part of the great body of Christ. And as members, we have a wonderful heritage. We so appreciate the fellowship of God's family that provides us with identity, with context, and with support. The body is the place that we can always call home and return to for safety and reassurance. But God is not just head of the body and Lord of his people. He's my personal Savior, my shepherd, Lord of my personal life. Membership in the body and moving with the flock does not fulfill my call to personally follow Jesus. I can't use the acceptance and approval of the church as a substitute for my individual calling and responsibility to Jesus. I have a race to run that I cannot complete by just being active in church. How many of you can get a sense of the drift of where we're going this morning? You know, there's an occasional occupational hazard to church membership that I call group faith. Everyone say group faith. And, and uh, some people have substituted their individual pursuit and obedience to Jesus for it, for group faith. Many Christians are parked in church and not moving with God in their personal life. And without an individual moving vision in your life, without measurable spiritual objectives, your personal life with God is stalled out if you're just parked in church. You see, the body of Christ is not a religious auto train dragging parked souls through life. <laughs> it's not a parking lot of idling Christians filling space in a church. So what is the experience that you have come to? What have you come looking for today? What is the church? Well, we are called to be pathfinders and trailblazers, not settlers and occupants. We are a cooperative of God-connected internally motivated individual Jesus followers moving forward in the same purpose and in the same direction. Amen. Hallelujah. Paul also said in his first letter to the Corinthians, God has set some in the church. And if you could just get a visual reference of whatever that looks like to you, but the fact is that when it's the body of Christ, when it's the real church, God sets people into it. And he sets them in with callings and purposes. So think about that phrase, God has set. Say it with me. God has set 
some in the church. No, no. I want all of you to say it with me. What is with you guys this morning? All together, all right? Ready? God has set some in the church. One more time. Listen to me now. God has set me in the church. So look, God must have me before he can set me. Does that make sense? There's no setting without having. If God doesn't have me, am I really set in the church? So some of us ought to be praying this morning. So Lord, if you had me in Christ before you set me in the church, but I stopped letting you have me, am I still set in the body? That ought to be what we are asking the Lord about this morning, halfway through this, these days of fasting and prayer. So if, 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 if I stop letting you have me, but I let the church have me all at once, am I still set in the body, or am I just filling space in a church somewhere? Lord, if I stop pursuing your call to follow you, then I might be helping out at church but am I fulfilling the function that you set me in the body to do? Again, in our text in Philippians 3.12, Paul said that I might lay hold, that I might lay hold of that, that purpose, that function for which Jesus Christ took hold of me. So there's some kind of pursuing going on in his life. Would you not say that that's true? But relationship with church doesn't replace relationship with God. However, many churches have made feeding and satisfying their members their 100% responsibility. How many churches advertise? We've probably done it. Come here. We'll feed you. You will get fed. We'll fill you. You will get filled. You will get satisfied. But it's not the responsibility of the church to respond to the 100% need of believers to be filled or to be fed. The church isn't set up, isn't equipped, and is not capable of feeding you and filling you. Have I lost anybody yet? Still with me? Hanging on for dear life? So the, look, the real responsibility of the church is to routinely call its individual members to pray, fast, pursue, and refresh their connection with Jesus, the head. That's the real prime number one job of the body. People oftentimes walk out of a church saying, I'm not getting filled, I'm not getting fed. Well, that's because you're not going to Jesus and eating. All right, well, I better go back to preaching and stop meddling. But we're supposed to be a body of pathfinders, blazing trails into the world with the light of Christ. But churches that keep their members dependent on church rather than pursuing, rather than pushing them, I should say, to Jesus, in fasting and prayer is going to end up being a religious settlement instead of an anointed company of pathfinders. 
Listen, much as I love to preach, preaching motivates people, but it doesn't mobilize them. The Holy Ghost mobilizes people. I don't care how good the preaching is, it can't mobilize you. Messages can convict, direct, and encourage believers. But if messages turned believers into pathfinders, then after three and a half years of teaching, why did Jesus send his disciples to the other upper room to wait for the Holy Spirit? Was anybody a better teacher than Jesus? Anybody a better preacher? Was there anybody that, that, that spoke the words of life any better than he did? If it was possible to be mobilized into the pathfinder, trailblazer, body of Christ, then after three and a half years of preaching, the disciples would have been there. They'd have had it. Are you listening to me? Preaching doesn't do it. Listening to sermons doesn't do it. What does it is going to the Lord and pushing yourself out into the, into the Lord in prayer and fasting and seeking His face because the Holy Spirit is the one who mobilizes the individuals of the body. And can I tell you this morning, if you haven't put this together yet, you could be a church without being the body of Christ. And so we decide whether we are the body of Christ and there's certain characteristics and qualities that make us the body of Christ. And one of them, in fact, the beginning, is that we are an association of pathfinders working together, but each going to our own personal prayer closet and hearing from the Lord and being directed from God. We're not coming into church expecting the church to mobilize us with preaching and with teaching and with singing. Are you listening to me? The reason why people don't get fed ministered to at church is because they don't feed themselves at home with the Lord. They don't worship. They don't praise God. So they come and expect the band to put the praise into it. They expect the preacher to put the follow into following Jesus. And it doesn't happen. It can't happen. It won't work. God saved you and gave you the Holy Spirit to make you a responsible child of God. Not a perpetual baby that constantly needs to be taken care of by somebody else. Can you say amen? amen? Snacking on sermons will keep settlers satisfied, but pathfinders? No. Pathfinders don't snack on sermons. They require the energy to go out and find paths. They cut trails. That takes energy. And that only comes from the hand of Jesus himself personally. Can't get it on a Sunday morning. You can get motivated, but if you don't mobilize yourself and get with it, then you're just going to go from motivation to depletion and drag yourself back in a week later for some more motivation. The Bible doesn't say from motivation to motivation, he's changing me. It says from glory to glory, he's changing me. And that glory comes when you and I push aside the natural things of the world that we're hungry for and aim our spiritual hunger at Jesus and go for it when nobody else even knows that you're doing it or even cares. And you're seeking Him because of who He is and because of who you are. Can you say amen? amen. So a church must always push its people to God if it wants God to make it 
part of the body of Christ by being in the midst of it and setting members into it. You see, the vision that the New Testament gives us is Jesus in the midst of the church. But he's not going to be in the midst of the church because you sing songs about him or because people who, quote, got saved decide they were going to meet somewhere at a certain time and talk about Jesus. It's when hearts show up in those bodies. It's when, hello, listen to me. It's when lips, you bring your lips to church with you. You bring your hands with you. Are you listening? And you come together to celebrate the Lord and to worship Him because that is the attitude of a trailblazer. That is the attitude of somebody who says, you know what, I need the meat to eat that you know not of. I need what Jesus was eating at that Samaritan well. When the disciples came and found him sitting there, says he hasn't had anything all day, he's got to be hungry. Uh, somebody go get him some Burger King. And Jesus said, don't bother. I have food to eat you don't know about. And they said, did somebody get him something? Did someone go, go to falafels or us? And Jesus said, no, no. He said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me. You can't eat my food because the Father gives it to me. And to finish, Jesus, listen to what he said. He said to eat the will of the Father and to finish his work. See, his work that he gives to me, I can't give that to you. And I can't get mine from you. And you're not going to get yours from church this morning. And you're not going to get it from anybody else. And you're not going to get it from television. Is there anything wrong with those things? And should you not bother coming back next Sunday? Absolutely not. But we need to wake up in this hour that we're living in to the reality of what church is supposed to be because we're looking around waiting for the church to make us something and God has sent pathfinders into the midst of church to make the church something. To make the church what it's supposed to be. Hallelujah. Come on. The kingdom of God isn't in the midst of the church. The kingdom of God is in you. That's what Jesus said. That's, that's, his, that's his formula for a church that is the body of Christ. So a church must always push its people to God. Because only God can stand in the midst of that church and take souls that he has. Notice he can't put you in church and say, hmm. You're an usher. Mm, you're a prophet. Mm, you're going to raise the dead. Mm, you're going to minister to children. Mm, you're going to be an intercessor. He cannot set you in by hand if he doesn't have you first. Amen. And maybe he had you and I when we started out, but does he have us this morning? Does he have you right now? See, this is not a one-shot deal. This is a walk. It's called a walk for a reason. It's because you're not a brick that got shoved into a church wall. You are a living stone, the Bible says. And to be a living stone, you're bouncing and living and eating and drinking out of the palm of Jesus, out of his hand, praise God. Hallelujah. You're a living stone. So if you're not in his hand, he can't put you in the body. And that's why sometimes churches that were the body of Christ go through things and then you go and visit them three years later and it's like a different place. It's not the body of Christ. It's a religious campground. Are you listening? It's a religious campground. Jesus ain't a camper. He's a leader. So church must always push its people to Jesus. And uh, earlier in the week, we were talking about fasting, and, and Becky said something. I just had to fit it into this message. She said, it's not about 
fasting was the topic. It, it's not about losing physical bounds. It's about gaining spiritual weight. Come on. If you're having problems fasting, it's because your mind's on losing spiritual pounds instead of gaining spiritual weight. You want to pick up some spiritual weight in God? Forget about those spiritual pounds and aim your hungry soul at what it really needs. And that is the presence of God, the fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit, letting the Word of God carve up like a skilled surgeon those weights and sins that so easily beset and moving you free out from that entanglement and lifting you up and putting you in a large place, becoming a pathfinder instead of a settler. Somebody say, praise the Lord. You see, the Christian who's a forward-looking, trailblazing Jesus follower will quench their hunger for natural food with the appetite for spiritual progress. I hit a spot a couple days into the fast. I thought, well, this is easy. It always is. First couple days for me, it's just like, I, I fast. I've got this. But then you always hit that spot where it's like, I think this has me. I don't know if I have this. Oh, man, I can't stop thinking about cheeseburgers and pizzas and stuff. My stomach's saying, yeah, boy, go get it. Go get it. And all of a sudden, I thought about how malnourished my soul must look, how shriveled, how small, how hungry it is. My personality's this big. My mouth is this big. My interests, my pursuits, and my desires, oh, they are well known, not just by me, but by everybody. But my spiritual life, does anyone else really know what's going on in it? Do I even know what's going on? Does my spiritual identity dominate my being? Does who I am in Christ show? Does my light shine? Or is it just a little song that I sing when I come into church? This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. And then we go out and bottle the thing up. You say, how do we bottle it up? We stop seeking God. That's how we bottle it up. Oh, are you telling me that eating too much and watching TV is a sin? No, see, that's the trouble with you and I. We're always weighing out good and bad. But it's not about good and bad. It's about good and excellent. And if you want the excellent, if you want the power of God, you're going to have to pay the price. And only you can pay it. And that's putting self on the altar of God. And seeking the face of God when it counts. You say, when does it count? It counts Tuesday morning. It counts Wednesday. It counts Thursday when you don't want to get together with the people of God. It counts Friday morning when you don't feel like praising Him. Somebody say praise the Lord if you know what I'm talking about. Let the church send its people to Jesus instead of say, saying, look at all the programs we have. Come in, we'll feed you. People are so stuffed with the teachings and the pithy little uh, life-enhancing messages they get on Sunday mornings from modern preachers that they don't even know that there's starvation down underneath all of that word that's crammed on the inside, all those books they read and sermons they're listening to. They're, they don't even know who they are spiritually. They're starving on the inside. And all it'll take is a, one good spiritual hurricane to come through. And that church will be flattened. You couldn't put three pieces together and have it make sense if you tried. You see, 
The real body of Christ holds together through the storm. The real body of Christ doesn't separate during hurricanes. Even if natural issues drive it apart, they just come back together because they're pathfinders. They're not living inside the pews. They're out there finding God's paths through life. And you don't find it by sitting around watching CNN and Fox News and figuring out how to be relevant in this world. Forget about it. You don't learn how to be effective by watching the world. You learn how to be effective by watching Jesus. When's the last time you got on your face and you said, teach me, Lord? You see, the problem is you've been sitting in the pew for years. There aren't too many messages, including this one, you haven't heard at least a dozen times. So you already know it. And you know what that translates to? That translates down to a closed mouth. You're not looking. You're not hungry. I've already heard it. What are you looking for? Exactly what Paul prophesied and warned us about concerning the last days. Men and women will go to and fro looking for something new. Something they haven't heard. But the problem isn't hearing something you haven't heard. The problem is we're not eating spiritually. We're not feasting. We're not at the Lord's table. We're not in His presence. We're settlers, not trailblazers. Let the church push its people to Jesus. You say, well, what if I push three or four out the door? Goody! You just freed yourself from some dead weight. Some people are there just to park and sit. And that's all they're going to do. And this message is not a message of condemnation. This is not saying that's evil, that's bad. Remember, it's not between good or bad. It's between good and excellent. Excellent. You see, I think I've made the mistake of thinking that you're interested in excellent this morning. I may have made the mistake of overcalculating and thinking that you men and women are thirsty for the top of the mountain, hungry for the depths of God. Hallelujah. Jesus said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Did he not say that? Jesus is not a church camper. He's a leader. He leads you into your pastures. Follow me. I will make you. I will make you a trailblazer. You cannot become a trailblazer snacking on sermons. And I don't care how good they are. You just simply become an encyclopedia of sermons. You just know all these things. And you just can't wait because as soon as the Bible study comes and all the other believers are on, you get to show everybody how much you know. You get to talk about all the things that you've learned. You get to have the younger Christians sitting around while you explain to them all that you know about the Word of God. And there's no power. There's no transformation. There's just swapping knowledge. There's just swapping. Are you listening to me? You know, when you taste what it means to be a pathfinder, all of a sudden you find out you start getting sick. Sick of the way you've been living. You get sick of snacking on sermons. Even the good ones. You might love marshmallows. Marshmallows may just do it for you. They just may set you free. But I guarantee you there's a point a saturation where you'll puke up a marshmallow. You've just had all of it, and it's probably 
the day you sink your teeth into a steak. And you're like, what have I been messing around with all my life? This stuff is really great. Listen, you, can, you cannot feed the appetite for spiritual progress by reordering Sunday sermon seconds. And I encourage you to listen to the message three or four times. But it's not because I for one minute think that it'll mobilize you. Because you know what? When I was first starting out preaching, well over 45 plus years ago, I used to think, man, I'd get on my face, the prophetic anointing would come on me and God would give me not just a, a message, he'd give me a rhema, a word from God. I, I'd open up and share, and I was not much of a speaker, but it, you, can't, you can't harness Holy Ghost energy. So awkward as it might be, it just flew out. Glory to God. And plenty of people got their feet stepped on, let me tell you. Um, but I used to think back then, oh, this is going to mobilize people. And it didn't. Years later, I thought, well, what, what's wrong? People, people are being mobilized by the message because messages don't mobilize. The Holy Ghost mobilizes. Somebody say, praise the Lord. You need to press out from the comfort of the church diner where you've been hanging out, out into the pasture land of prayer and fasting with Jesus and let him lead you into your fresh pasture. He leads you beside the still waters. He leads you. When's the last time Jesus led you to your Holy Ghost breakfast, to your Holy Ghost lunch, to your Holy Ghost dinner? How often do we say, oh, I look at my condition spiritually, I need to get back into church. That's good. There's nothing wrong with that. That's great. Do you know why we need to do that? Because that should be where we are encouraged to go to Jesus. We're encouraged to pursue God, to get after him. You know, um, when I really put my shoulder to the grindstone and I put aside those weights that are hindering me and the barnacles that have accumulated on my life, it's usually when I've seen somebody who said something, who was a pathfinder, a trailblazer, pressing their way through the harvest field, and it convicted me. It motivated me. But I am not mobile just because some pathfinder, some trailblazer, some stemwinder wound me up with a message. I'm trying to wind you up. I don't know how I'm doing, but I'm trying to wind you up. But it, with one hope, and that at least during the remaining days of these, this time of fasting and prayer, you're going to get on the stick. And you're going to get going for it. Can you say amen? And then stop after, after the 21st of January. See, some of you don't even know there's a fast going on. Some of you, this is totally meaningless to you. It hasn't meant anything to you since we first got up and started talking about it. You're not in it. You're not a part of it. It just went right by you like a stream. You see, the problem is you're so starved spiritually that you are filling yourself with your own life and you're not in touch with your spiritual hunger. You know, God looked on the people of Israel in the Old Testament and he wondered. He shook his head in amazement why they didn't shake themselves and stir themselves to take hold of God. 
Notice that phrase, shake themselves, stir themselves, because we um, fall down under a pile of lethargy. And that's what we call daily life. And you must stir and shake yourself to get up out of that thing. Every once in a while, you need to look at the things that are your routine and say, why am I doing this? What is this going to get me? How am I going to fulfill my purpose in the kingdom of God doing this? See, these are the kinds of things that ought to pry you open like a can of corn. Hallelujah. And, and, and pop the top on your life and get down on the inside and stir you up. Because when you go to the Lord like this, you'll come back with joy. Amen. You'll come back filled. You'll come back renewed. You'll come back happy. Hallelujah. Like last week's message. Praise the Lord. Let Jesus lead you. I'm pushing you to him. Let him take you out to your pasture. As I said before, we're not choosing between bad and good, quitting or finishing. We're choosing between good and excellent, finishing or winning. When's the last time you came out from the presence of the Lord saying, I am going to win this race. Amen. I am not just going to make it. I'm going to win it. I'm going to win the race that's set before me, which means I'm going to outrun everything the devil throws across my path. I'm going to outrun my own tendency to get tired and want to lay down. I'm going to outrun the temptations on the right hand and on the left that keep pulling me off. I'm going to do what I need to do. Fast and pray. Break yokes. Throw off bondages. Break chains so that I can win this race and not just cross the finish line with a gaff stuck in my neck, pulling me out of the last wave to hit heaven's shore. Somebody say amen if you can see where we're going. You either live as a trailblazer or you sit as an occupant. It's good to be an occupant in the house of the Lord. It's good. Please don't leave. Keep sitting. There's nothing wrong with going to heaven. There's nothing wrong with being a Christian. There is nothing wrong with believing your Bible. There's nothing wrong with reading it. What a novel thought. Those are all good things that settlers do. I'm settled into church. Oh, I'm the, I, I found a good church. I'm settled in. What are you listening to? Oh, we I found a good preacher. Ooh, those messages, they motivate me. I love being motivated. The Bible doesn't say from motivation to motivation. He's changing me. It says from glory. Do you know what glory is? And do you know why it's different from motivation? Motivation is when you hear a word and it so stirs you on the inside, convicts you, excites you, that you in your own energy get up and run in the direction of that voice. That's motivation. However, mobilization doesn't happen until you're in the glory of the Lord. Amen. You see, glory, from glory to glory, he's transforming me. Glory is the action of God. It is the act of the trailblazer. It is the act of the pathfinder. Hallelujah. 
So again, we're going to the altar call right now. The last thought of this message is, will you live as a trailblazer or sit as an occupant? And that call this morning is this. If you're carrying a hunger deep down in your soul, stop trying to fill it with things. And stop trying to sort out, well, are these good things or are these bad things? If you really want to be filled, you need to get way beyond good versus bad. What this is about is if there's a hunger in your soul, you can't fill it with good things. You can't fill it with good things. Stop. That hunger is not natural. You can't fill it with rumbas, fish meals, because I love rumbas. I'm just throwing that out in case anybody ever wants to get a gift card for the pastor. Because I am not ashamed. I am not ashamed. I just let you all know that stuff right up front. Praise the Lord. I should have done that 30 years ago when they gave my wife and I a vacuum cleaner for Christmas. So at any rate... If you're carrying a hunger deep in your soul, stop trying to fill it with things. It's spiritual. It's a spiritual hunger. You think you're hungry for that relationship or that man or that woman that rejected you or that situation that's closed. And No, no. That may be uncomfortable. You may not like it. It may indeed need to be straightened out, but the hunger you have is a spiritual hunger. It goes deeper than things. It's spiritual. Your soul is hungering for your purpose. Your soul is hungering for Jesus Christ, who's the only one who can lead you into your purpose. People are more hungry to live the purpose of Christ in their life than I think any other issue that people deal with today. And yet, even in the church, the pursuit of my purpose in Christ is something that we just, we just kind of bring it out like a special buffet cart for the elite, for the mature, for the God chasers. Nonsense. The Bible says, no, Jesus said, if you want to come after me, you, whoever you are, take up your cross and follow me. He said, if you do it, I'll make you a fisher of men. My, mess, my message can't give you what you've heard this morning. You need to come to Jesus and ask him to fill you with his purpose for your life. I hope that at least the one thing I've done this morning is cracked open the top a little bit so that Hunger for more than church. Hunger for your purpose in Christ. The appetite for spiritual progress. You tap into it and you feel it enough that you're ready to push aside some natural things to get a hold of the things of God. Amen. So that's our call this morning and the altars are open.